I was thinking over the weekend that um, it would be nice to find out from someone in Quebec what their reaction has been to Danielle Smith's Alberta uh, Sovereignty in a United Canada Act idea legislation. Bill one, it was the, it was the, you know, the, uh, it was the thing she put in the window that she wanted to put in the window for her new premiership in Alberta. It has been a bit of a disaster, potentially because it's so unclear. I mean, the problem, and this is, we, we talked about this in the last half hour, we were talking about Bill C-21, the gun policy. Bad policy, or policy that's not communicated effectively, leaves people confused and leaves things open for interpretation. When you open things up for interpretation, things go terribly wrong, as you must know in politics, if you followed it long enough. Uh, but I was really curious about uh, about just what, what the attitude in Quebec has been. And this sort of, you know, because when I was growing up, you know, Alberta and Quebec didn't get along so well, or at least there was no no one in Alberta looking to Quebec going, wow, I wish we should really be more like them. You know, we should we should have a referendum too. Never existed. You know, Alberta was seen as sort of as sort of the backbone of Canada, you know, the really the in some ways sort of what Canada should look like, according to people who lived in Alberta when I lived there, which is fine. They certainly didn't look on Quebec that way. That seems to have changed of like all of a sudden, you know, the ability for Quebec to break the rules, to not follow the rules, to treat Ottawa as a second thought, or at least to, to contend with anything that Ottawa wants to do, seems to have gained a lot of appeal. And it's ironic. It's ironic because 30 years ago, you wouldn't have heard it. Well, Daniel Smith has said there was confusion over wording in the, in the act. Um, and it is possible for cabinet to change the law. I mean, in the act, basically it said it, cabinet could get laws changed without approval from the legislature, which is essentially... Uh, circumventing democracy, really. I mean, it was it was ridiculous. So she's now said that's not the kind of executive power that was intended by this. Um, of course, it came up in the legislature in Alberta again today. NDP leader Rachel Notley first, and the response from Danielle Smith. Here's the thing. She either got caught in her attempt to seize power and is now desperately scrambling to cover that up, or she literally didn't know what was in her bill. They wanted to seek some clarity, and that's the kind of leader I am. I want to make sure that we get this bill right, and I'm grateful that my caucus is going to propose amendments to do that. Well, there you go. So another day and more debate over what exactly this bill means. I mean, let's be frank. What it really is, is, is it's politics. It's politics. It's, it's, it's a way of, of, you know, fighting the next election. It really was the first salvo in the May election. That's what it was. I don't think it was ever meant to be legitimate policy. If it was, it looks like it was. It wasn't reviewed. It looks like it was has all the depth of having been written on the back of a napkin, uh, and uh, now it's causing trouble because precisely because people can't figure out what it's supposed to mean, or what what they intended with it. Um, so, what better place to go for that kind of political grandstanding, the true theater of politics, than Quebec? I grew up in Quebec. Listen, every time something happened in Ottawa that that that. Parti Québécois specifically thought they could get away with scoring some political points on. They did it. They threw red meat to their base all the time, long before we used terms like red meat and base. Because it works. It works. The problem is it doesn't always work. You need to be good at it. You need to figure out how, how it works. You need to know how big your base is too, or all of a sudden you start to lose. Or you know, what you're hoping to achieve ends up blowing up in your face. Joining me now is Daniel Bellon. He's director of the McGill Institute for the Study of Canada. He's also a James McGill professor in the Department of Political Science at McGill. Uh, thanks for your time tonight. 
Thanks for the invitation. So I can only imagine that people in Quebec have been staring across the uh, across across the country in Alberta with a certain amount of interest uh, about the sovereignty in the United Canada Act. Uh, what has been the reaction in Quebec over this one? Most Quebecers, I would say, especially francophones, don't know that much about Alberta, uh, you know, apart from the oil industry and a few things. They, they've heard, uh, you know, about Daniel Smith and, of course, the Sovereignty Act, of course, just the term sovereignty in Quebec is something that we have talked about for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I think that the fact that the Daniel Smith has used this language is actually an implicit reference to Quebec, I think. And in fact, when you listen to Daniel Smith or even before her, Jason Kenney, mm-hmm. uh, conservatives in Alberta at the provincial level, they talk a lot about Quebec as a model to basically go on the attack against Ottawa. That the idea that, uh, you know, uh, you have to push back against Ottawa. And in a way, Quebec has been quite successful in doing this there is some influence here from Quebec that is quite clear here. But when you go, then you bring that back to Quebec. Well, first of all, the title of this new version, Alberta Sovereignty Within the United Canada Act, this is paraphrasing Stephen Harper's motion in 2006 to recognize Quebec as a nation, mm-hmm. which was uh, that this house recognized that Quebec, Quebec the Quebecois, mm-hmm. form a nation within a united Canada. So there is uh, some obvious here the idea of within a united Canada is something that resonates in Quebec, uh, obviously. And I think it's another implicit reference to Quebec. Now, how is it perceived here? I think that the sovereignists really like it. So Paul Saint-Pierre Plamondon, who's the leader of the PQ, uh, said, hey, you know, it's not normal that, you know, the, 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 uh, that the Alberta premier is more nationalistic than the premier of Quebec. François Legault should step up his game. And, you know, take a page from Daniel Smith and, and, you know, be much more bolder in his attack against, you know, the centralizing federal government. So the idea here is that, ironically, Alberta, Albertan politicians, at least the conservatives, are borrowing, taking a page from Quebec. And then when people in Quebec look at this, what Daniel Smith is doing, the sovereignists at least say, wow, you know, we should do, François Legault should be as bold as that. So this is a bit ironic, I think. It is a bit ironic because for so many years, if you talked about sort of the the wants and the gripes of, of Quebec sovereignists, one of the places that they were the least popular was in Alberta. So it's funny to see them using that language, that terminology. Is it a fair comparison to for, for Alberta to look at Quebec and say, Quebec's always got what they wanted. You know, they introduce laws, invoke the notwithstanding clause, uh, ignore Ottawa, fight back all the time. Is, is, it, is Quebec supposed to be a good model, do you think, or that form of Quebec um, attacks on auto Quebec pushback against the federal government. Is that really a template for Western provinces to want to follow? Well, you know, when you talk about provincial autonomy and and what political scientists call province building, province building, I think that, you know, Quebec is often seen as as an example for people who want more provincial autonomy. Of course, people who want a a more centralized federal system, they see, of course, uh, Quebec as, as a problem here. But, you know, look at Alberta, it's interesting. So there was this fairness panel uh, a couple of years ago, and they have this report. And in the report, Quebec is mentioned way more than any other province when they think not just about political strategies to go after Ottawa, but also ways to build the provincial state. You know, having a provincial police, collecting your own uh, income tax. In this report, you know, there is the some recommendations that Alberta should go in the same direction. It doesn't mean that they will do it, but there is quite a bit of discussion about Quebec. Even if, yes, Quebec is often in Alberta, 
on the right of the political spectrum depicted as an enemy of Alberta's interests in terms of its opposition to pipelines and so forth. But in terms of political strategies to defend and enhance provincial autonomy, then conservatives in Alberta find quite a few things to love about Quebec's uh, strategies and things they will want to emulate. They are not afraid to say it ex- openly, right, that, that Quebec provides some template at least. The enemy of my enemy, so to speak. Um, There was certainly some, we've seen now the Premier, Danielle Smith, walk back some of this, or at least say, well, you know, we might have to look at some of these provisions. What did you make of the Sovereignty Act in of itself, just in terms of some of the criticisms of it about executive overreach and so on? The the main goal for Danielle Smith of introducing this, this bill is to satisfy your base, right? You know, the UCP, we know what happened with Jason Kenney. <laughs> when you don't follow the base of the party, especially the former kind of Wild Rose Party wing of it, I think you're in trouble. And and Jason Kenney discovered that during the pandemic with some the negative reaction to public health measures. So I think she wants to deliver on her promise during her leadership race. That It's really the this idea of Alberta Sovereignty Act that uh, really, I think, distinguished her from the other candidates and really... She shaped the debate during that leadership race, and and she won in the end. So she needs to she needs to satisfy her base, but obviously this is a very problematic legislation, not just from a constitutional standpoint, but politically in terms of support beyond the base of the party. Uh, we see a lot of criticism from the business sector, uh, including in Calgary, which is you know quite important for the conservatives. Edmonton, not so much. We know Redmonton, as they say, but Calgary is important. And when you, and that's where, you know, you have a lot of big businesses. They have their headquarters there. I think that there is a pushback, not just from the opposition, so the NDP, but also from business sector. And that raises some red flags for the conservatives because they are supposed to be a pro-business party, right? And when big business, including the Chamber of Commerce of Calgary is attacking your bill, then, you know, you might have at least publicly to say, well, we'll make some, we'll tweak the legislation, you know, but is it enough? We will see uh, when we we see the next iteration of that bill, but it's not a very good bill from a public policy standpoint. And certainly uh, most constitutional experts consider that it's reckless in a way or another. But I think the goal is it's more a political document than really sound public policy. It's, again, about satisfying a base and making a statement about the fact that Alberta will resist the policies uh, of the Trudeau government. Because Trudeau, of course, is not very popular in Alberta, as you know, and especially not popular among the conservative base in that province. So politically, it might serve Danielle Smith well in terms of her own party. But if you look at the broader support in the province, that might be a double-edged sword. And I think she's realizing that right now. Because when business is attacking you in a place like Calgary, you have to be careful, especially because we have elections in Alberta in May. So it's coming up soon. Daniel Bellon is with us. He's the director of the McGill Institute for the Study of Canada. He's speaking to us tonight from Montreal. Tell me a bit about this whole notion of of uh, three members of the Parti Québécois. There are only three MLAs right now deciding that they were not going to... um, they were not going to take the oath to the king and therefore were not allowed to sit in, in the legislature. Politically, for them, it's quite astute in a sense that they can go back to the base of their party and say we are really, you know, the, the, of course, the Parti Québécois stands against the monarchy. It's been the case since the beginning of the party. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, in 1970, there was a similar case that occurred. And one uh, MNA from the PQ was prevented from entering the, the, the National Assembly for the same reason, because it didn't uh, swear uh, allegiance to, at the time, the, king, the, the, the queen. And so this is an old grievance, of course, of the PQ. 
they are not the only ones in Quebec who resent the fact that they have to perform the oath of allegiance. Uh, they have a second oath in Quebec, which is an oath to the people of Quebec. But normally they will uh, perform both oaths, one after the other, right, during the ceremony when they become uh, MNA. The, the three PQ MNAs, the, the PQ only elected three MNAs this time around, which is very few. It's very low, Although they yeah. got about 40, 15% of the votes, the popular votes, they were ahead of the Liberals. Uh, in terms of popular vote and so forth, but they, they, the Liberals got 21 seats, but because their votes are really spread out in Francophone areas across the province, they only got three seats. And I think that this all this controversy over the oath uh, of allegiance has actually allowed a PSPP, as we mm -hmm. call him, Paul Saint-Pierre Plamondon, the leader of the PQ, to be on the headlines yep. for weeks after the provincial elections, even if they only won three seats, right? And so for him, that, that's in a sense that, that's, uh, you know, he's been riding on that wave of people supporting this. Even Quebec Solidaire are on board with the idea that we should abolish this oath of allegiance and so forth. And now Francois Legault is on board because, of course, an intro, uh, a legislation about this a bill will be introduced uh, to allow, you know, future MNAs in Quebec to just perform one oath, the one to the people of Quebec and not the oath of allegiance. So I think politically it's been quite successful for the, the PQ, but right now they can't enter the National Assembly. They are, prevent, they, they are prevented from uh, uh, going in and they, they tried. It was a public stunt in a way, go there, you know, and try to get in, but they were already banned. They could not, you know, the, the president of the, the, the National Assembly already said they could not, they could not take their seat uh, unless they perform the oath of allegiance. So we'll see what happens. There is still a bit of suspense about it, but it's something that people in Quebec and the media, it's been, uh, you know, uh, a big topic uh, in the news for the last few weeks, you know, about something that is merely symbolic, really. It's it not a major symbolic. policy issue. No, one but, thinks about yeah. overcrowded children's hospitals and, and all That's kinds of right. things happening and thinking, and then you look at Alberta, you look at Quebec and think, oh, there's still a lot of performance going on in politics, aren't there? That's right, exactly. That's I think this, I think that's what we can say. There are things in common with you know what the PQ leaders are doing and and with the Alberta sovereignty within the United Canada Act too. There is you know uh, symbolic gestures uh, that show to your base that you're really committed to basic principles or, or uh, a basic ideology. But at the same time, it can you can also be criticized on the fact that you're doing a big show, but that uh, in the end might just be that. And it could also, in the case of Alberta, have negative economic consequences. This is perhaps a, a risky game to play, and it can backfire uh, in terms of public opinion. I think it's the case in Alberta with the Alberta sovereignty within the United Canada Act, which might not help Danielle Smith to win support outside of her base, which she needs to be reelected to to return to the you know to 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 stay as premier after the the late May uh, elections in Alberta next year. And for the PQ, you know, I think at a certain at a certain point in time, people get a bit bored with this kind of circus, and and they want you know politicians to address important policy issues. You mentioned hospitals, uh, the environment, public transportation, a lot of things that are really important to Quebecers. And so uh, I think that patience is not in unlimited supply in that case. <laughs> I don't think so, uh, Daniel Vela. As always, thank you. You're most welcome. Bye bye.